0: It's funny People always be like, don't forget about the little people It's like, why do they refer themselves as little anyway, you know? Why don't you just get big with me, girl? They can see it in my eyes
1: Welcome to another episode of John's Entitled Podcast um, Wanted to start off by saying... Thanks for all the love and attention that the Skyler episode is getting, um, getting a lot of comments and just overall feedback on it between Twitter and various social media platforms. Sometimes when doing these episodes you kind of wonder if anyone is listening to them and, and what people are thinking about the quality of the content you're putting out, and so far this is the most feedback I've gotten on any of the episodes uh, from people who are not people I know personally. Uh, So it's really encouraging to hear that people like what I'm doing and are liking the episodes and delving back into past episodes. Um, So with that being said, if you are coming on from last week's episode, thanks for coming back. Uh, If you want to go back into the archive, go over to SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast, and you should be able to find this one and head back into the older episodes. Um, Lots of cool people that I've talked to and interesting conversations as a whole. Uh, other places that you can find me online are on Facebook and Instagram at John's Untitled Podcast. Uh, if you want to tweet at me, you can find me at John's Untitled Pod, or if you want to email me at John's Untitled Pod at gmail.com. Those are all great ways to keep up with the podcast and see what we're doing and hints at who we have coming up. Speaking of uh, who we have coming up, we have Jordan King, uh, a local, I call him Town Celebrities. Uh, Jordan is pretty big around this area and just in general, I would say, with uh, creating memes and kind of the meme culture and just kind of uh, things like that over the last few years that have gotten more popular amongst, well, I guess really everybody. Uh, I, I would think it would be a little bit hard-pressed to find people who don't have a meme or, or three saved on their phones to, to use at all times and find amusing. The thing with Jordan, though, is that I noticed over the years um, he has done things initially starting with uh, the drunken debate, which was uh, had Mark of a, of a stepdad and another friend and Jordan himself uh, kind of drinking and, and ended up uh, debating current topics going on at the time of the video being posted and just kind of bullshitting in general. And I thought it was really interesting and, and as a result that's kind of what drove me to f- start following him across his various social network platforms and started noticing as he got more into the more meme centric kind of thing that people would start bitching at him for posting something that was deemed offensive and in today's society it's pretty much hard not to offend someone with anything you say hell even this statement could be deemed offensive to someone because of whatever fucking reason um that all being said though i started noticing that jordan would counter some of the comments on his his posts and try to engage in actual debates with well-thought-out, well-structured sentences to these people, and then, you know, basically these people would just kind of resort to, well, you're stupid, this is offensive, you're an asshole, whatever, and it's like, you know, he was trying to challenge people on a on a way deeper level, and I don't think people are expecting that from him, and I think it's been interesting to see the person behind the kind of shocking content. It's kind of like Howard Stern. Howard Stern is shocking, but he's a pretty well-spoken, articulate person behind the vulgarity. Um, And I think Jordan is is that as well. But the main reason I wanted to talk to him was because as of recently, he had a serious accident, and he's kind of gone through some serious life shit in general over the last, I would say, year, year and a half. And we'll get into it in the episode. But when Jordan kind of reached out to people across the various... Um, social media platforms he has a lot of people seem to give him shit and just kind of didn't want to get to know him or help him as the individual and only wanted him to be the person who creates content for them to laugh at for them to share for them to enjoy but they didn't give a fuck about the person and to me i think that's very indicative of of this like we have these internet celebrities and we have these personas but we don't give a fuck about them as people when they may be going through hard times, and I feel feel like that's indicative of just society as a whole. Uh, I mean, case in point, Kim Kardashian ends up getting robbed at gunpoint and over some jewelry and shit like that, and all anyone can think, you know, all anyone's saying is, like, well, fuck her and, you know, this, that, and the other, and it's like, I think we forget that these people are that. They are people. So I wanted to shine a little bit of a light on that with Jordan, uh, kind of give him more of a space to show who the person is and we definitely talk a little bit (laughs) about some kind of crazy shit especially at the very end of the episode uh which i decided to keep in because it is a little bit informative and i think uh kind of is just is indicative of who we are as people between him and i uh and it's funny and i think his listeners that he'll bring over his people that he'll bring over to this will enjoy the last probably 10-15 minutes of this this episode uh, so without further ado, here's my chat with Jordan. with the meme lord which I'm surprised that's not tattooed on your knuckles <laughs> sorry I can't have you on and not bust your balls I mean I figure it's gonna be a give-and-take oh you just have meat is that the one you yeah. pound your meat with
2: I use both hands actually
1: oh you're ambidextrous beater
2: hmm now I was gonna put cunt on the other hands but why not hook have... meat hook <laughs> it'll it'll probably end up being a low for something yeah
1: can't be any worse than what's on the inside of your lip <laughs> that was my first tattoo, man. That's kind of weird. That, that'd probably be, I mean, as someone who is tattooed, that is probably like the last thing I'm looking at maybe doing just because I imagine it's going to suck, all of it. I know it'll only probably take like 15 seconds, but there's still that part of me that's like, but all 15 seconds of this is just going to suck and be gnarly, and I'm going to have ink in my mouth and just nothing about it sounds appeasing. It's almost it wasn't, like
2: it wasn't bad. Alex Dell did it, and he was so proud that he got to tattoo something like that on the inside of somebody's lips. He like posted it all <laughs> over social media. Uh, but I forget that I have it most times. It was supposed to be gone within a few years, but it, it's still there just as strong as it was when I first got it.
1: I think there's a sort of irony to that. <laughs> right. It's like when you decide to make a bad choice on purpose and then you're like,
2: well, <laughs> it's not going to be around that long. And then it's, it's my like... favorite tattoo though, you know? Well, yeah.
1: For those of you who want to know what it is, I'm sure if you scour the internet under Jordan or Meatloaf on the radio or whatever, <laughs> you will find it uh, and be yeah, not dis- not disappointed. <laughs> um, so I wanted to have you on because you are someone of a, as what I like to call a town celebrity of sorts, but I would think your, your infamy goes even beyond just our local Grand Rapids or Michigan area as a whole, uh, just due to some of the projects that you've been involved in outside of... Uh, radio and or the things that you've done creating online content but you represent to me anyway a interesting cross-section of what our online social media stuff has become with a lot of the content you created obviously is heavy heavily influenced by like the meme culture as it is and just creating content but also kind of poking fun at just gross nasty shit just for the sake of getting shock or whatever and creating dialogue whether it be about something serious or whatever but on the flip side of that and you had something happen to you and we'll get into that later uh recently where it's it's kind of something important to your personal life and and some other things that have happened in your personal life and what i tend to notice sitting on the sidelines of everything and not really participating is that it seems like when you're like hey this this big thing, this big event in my life happened and I could really use like, you know, some support or like someone to talk to whatever and people are just like, fuck you, boy, like create memes, and <laughs> create content for me. And so it's kind of this weird, interesting thing and, and, you know, you've kind of been seeing collectively, we have been seeing it pop up on our social media now where you're seeing like, who are these people? Who are the people that were, you know, are are the memes themselves who are creating these things and so forth? And so on a smaller scale or locally I should say not smaller I'm seeing it with you where it's like no one seemingly wants to wants to give you like the time of day or to be vested in you as the person they just know you for the person who makes them laugh who allows them to have content on their phone to like impress friends or whatever or share. And so I kind of wanted to to discuss that because to me that's that's a more interesting I'd rather talk to you about that than, than personally about, like, you creating, like, kind of rude or vulgar memes. Uh, I mean, as evident by the fact that I sent – you weren't paying attention to me, so I, I sent you a picture of Tub Girl <laughs> to, to get your attention. Uh,
2: that was some nostalgia in my book.
1: <laughs> there's a lot of that shit from uh, – not 4chan. What was the shit way back in the day? Uh, like, I'm fucking talking high school. Like, the internet – for that, like when internet was brand new and you just went to this website and had a b- bunch of that horrible shit. Uh, but regardless, um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and kind of learn more about you since you have a, a forum to actually speak at length.
2: Right, well I mean, with, I, I don't know exactly what event you're talking about that happened.
1: Well uh... I guess the first one would be the, an, ex, an ex event. Uh, Some of the issues that had stem from an ex-girlfriend or an ex-relationship in general. Uh, But then I would say the accident you had is more the event I'm talking about that's more current. Uh, Okay,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, the thing when it comes to my internet personality is uh, I've created it this way, though. You know, I've I've secluded myself off from letting people get too close. You know, that was um, kind of the – I mean, not the idea behind it, but a a result of it because – When I was in radio, you kind of learn to take a a piece of your personality and you exaggerate it. And when I was in radio, that's when the the personality started to develop. And I started posting. I I was I was a lot worse than I am now. I was posting really really offensive shit. And oh, you can't swear uh, on this. Oh, I'm kidding.
1: I'm kidding. Sorry. I'm sorry. You were getting serious, but I just, I've always, I've been noticing that people just start swearing. And I was like, I should just fuck with someone soon and just be like, oh, you can't swear on this. Yeah.
2: Thanks. Uh, thanks for uh, <laughs> making me the guinea pig there. Mm. Do you think you could actually do
1: an interview without, well, I guess you were on the radio at one point.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, it's cool. I just, <laughs> that was a long time ago, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead and continue.
2: You know, I'm like, I was like I forgot where
1: it was. No, you were talking about how with the that you created your online presence to to kind of be sort of off putting and to that it was it, it was exactly that like an online present or an online persona uh, not really necessarily who you are as a person like 100% right. Honestly, it was
2: it was what got me attention at the time. I was already on the radio doing ridiculously stupid shit like getting shocked with cattle prods and uh, <laughs> You know, having a gay guy suck V8 juice out of my belly button—like there wasn't much I wouldn't do for attention. So, I started uh, finding these horrible, horrible beams, like, like questioning, uh, pushing the boundaries of what's sensible, you know. And I would—I uh, lost a lot of friends. the The company that I was working for wasn't too happy with me, you know. Uh, <laughs> I started. <laughs> I started to get, uh, you know, pushed back a little bit, but I was also getting a lot of positive response from people. And, I mean, I did find these things funny, but I didn't really know that other people would also enjoy, you know, there's this really dark side of uh, the outer reaches of the Internet, you know. Um, And then I fell off with uh, a relationship and... I lost a, like a good portion of my followers, my fans. Uh, cause I just, I just kept posting suicidal shit. I was just in a really dark place and I pushed everyone away, uh, who did know me, which, you know, I don't, isn't a lot of people to be honest. And after that, uh, after I ended the relationship, I, I got my shit together and I started posting, Excuse me. uh, yeah, no, I I broke, posting, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. i wondered, uh, I started posting memes that weren't as bad as before because I already gotten banned. I lost an account for two years for a nine eleven joke. You know, uh, I, <laughs> I haven't. It wasn't even it wasn't even bad. You know, the Nyan Cat. The oh yeah, cat, yeah. Cat with the rainbow uh, flying behind his butt. Yeah, it was a Nyan Eleven joke, right? It was crashing into the Twin Towers, and somebody got pissed off, and I lost my account for two years. All my admins lost their account for two years and facebook started taking um, social justice issues uh, rather seriously and so i've had to tone it down a lot um how does i lost i lost my groups and everything
1: but how i guess with being one of the first few people that probably got to experience the the extent of how serious like social media changes have happened due to what you're posting how do you feel that that has been over the last few years like do you think it's gotten to be too much where everyone can fucking report something and just not have, you know, enough skin to either not look or have thick enough skin to like, just kind of deal with it. Or do you think that it really is, is justified as someone? It
2: depends. depends. Um, you know, the, the hot, the hot issue is, I mean, if you want to silence somebody, if you want to censor somebody, you basically all you say is that it's hate speech, right? Uh, nobody wants to deal with hate speech. If it's, uh, Counted as hate speech. is going to get shut down. You know that's how they're shutting down Milo Yiannopoulos. That's how um, they're shutting down other speakers. Uh, uh, you know that stick. You know, that's mostly right wing politics. But well, you know it, it's it's apparent with with even working with memes and sense of humor. You know, com- comedians are are dealing with the backlash now right now too.
1: Dave Chappelle um, right now.
2: Yeah, I'm dealing. With, I mean, yeah, Dave Chappelle is getting attacked for his uh, his. Funny-ass funny, funny ass jokes. I watched the special last week, and I was laughing my ass off. You know, um, it's said old, you know, remember when Simpsons was around, everything was, was attacked because they were too offensive back then, you know.
1: Actually, it's weird that you bring them up or just that in general because I had been thinking for a little bit about how... Like I remember when South Park was the most offensive thing and, and it mm-hmm. came, you know, a lot of times people were trying to protest it even being on or Family Guy when it first came out and before it got cancelled then came back but the weird thing is, is like after a few years and the and the dust has settled and people kind of realize that these things are poking fun at issues that are already there and, and they're kind of basically like if you didn't make this an issue, it wouldn't be an issue well, quite to the level that but like now you watch those F shows and they're on like in the middle of the day
2: so it's right. like how well, Bad South Park usually has a good message at the end. Family Guy doesn't necessarily do that. But you should be able to make fun of fun of anything. There's this idea that if you make fun of something that you are promoting what you're making fun of that you're um, promoting like rape culture or uh anything you, ugh, goddamn <laughs> uh, anything like that and it's just not the case, you know. I was uh, I had some sexual abuse when I was young. You know, and I I still make fun of that kind of stuff. You know, it doesn't it doesn't reflect on me as a person. It doesn't change how I'm there for friends who've been through similar things. It's just uh, it's it's a way of coping, and a lot of people don't don't realize that, or even if they do, they still think it's uh, ethically wrong. But I'd have to argue on the whole idea of objective morality at that point.
1: Have you found that with some of the and maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit of where we're going to go, but do you find that people think that you're stupid and don't have – like I know that's a really crass or brash thing just to say and be like, oh, do people think you're dumb? But do people not think you're maybe as artic- able to artic- articulate – Jesus Christ, articulate yourself as much as you're able to and actually speak on things in depth? Like people might go, oh, you're you're making fun of rape culture and blah, 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 and then you're like, well, actually, like I am a victim of this as well. So like right. – you know, I, if anyone can kind of speak on it, maybe it's it's someone who's gone through it.
2: Well, I do make fun of things I haven't been through too, but you know, it, it's, it's stupid. The idea that it's promoting these things is as stupid as vi- video games promoting violence. You know, um, like I was saying, like humor uh, for me and a lot of other people is a way to cope, yeah, even if it's not necessarily that something that happened to us, but. You know, a lot of people don't know that I'm at night, you know, I'm lying awake and thinking about all the the horrible shit that's going on in the world. You know, like, I don't talk about that shit, but, you know, there's a lot of fucking uh, shit that I just don't want to fucking deal with during the day. You know, so I make jokes. Uh, But no, uh, I don't think anybody has said, well, some liberals have said I'm stupid, right? But... (laughs) Or, or some feminists. Feminists are, are my mortal enemy, apparently. They just do not like me. But um, when I get into arguments online or I make posts that are at least semi-serious when it's not a meme, you know, um, I'm able to articulate myself very well. And I don't think anybody's ever had the balls to say that I'm, I'm stupid because I'm very well-read. And I'm able to present my ideas and, in a way that it's hard to argue against, so they usually just get pissed off and leave, which is fine.
1: <laughs> I guess it's it's one of those things where I, I it's something I've wondered because you are one of the few that uh, will, for as much as you post, you'll then engage in people in the comment section and stuff like that, and not not so much in the the sense of attacking someone per se, mm-hmm. but more so just
2: sometimes.
1: Well, yes, there, sometimes yes, you do. Uh, or push or prod or provoke or whatever. But I think the other thing too though is like you're willing to also then take the time to be, you know, well thought out and, and say something. And it's just – it's kind of interesting to watch people then kind of almost be like, oh, fuck. I was expecting you just to be like, it's it's funny and if you don't think it's funny then that's your fucking problem. And then instead right. you're like, well, actually like – and then you, like, kind of go on, like, a, a little bit of a side tangent and just kind of, like, throw some facts like or information reasons. in there. Yeah, and I think people aren't expecting that. And or it kind of puts it, and it was like I was saying right before we were recording, I feel yeah. like sometimes the thing I, I enjoy about seeing you across your, because you have a, a few different accounts that you'll interact mm-hmm. with yourself on your own posts, uh, which kind of gets into a weird, like, uh, split personality type thing. Um but Well, I,
2: I'm a Gemini, so I don't know if you put much into the whole, uh, you know, science, but... No, nah, like, I just I assume that that's I'm another way i definitely a to... textbook textbook Gemini. I don't put much thought into it either. Oh, but, I, was gonna like, say,
1: I just going everyone who's always big into that, I'm just like, oh, so you just found another way to, like, judge people or stereotype Right. Oh, okay, I cool. Just,
2: <laughs> uh, I guess we're supposed to be, like, dual dual people, and, I mean, that kind of makes sense that, you know, I have, like, this, this alter ego that I... Uh, I put out there when people meet me in person I'm completely different they don't, uh, they're usually pretty shocked
1: I just think it's it's an interesting like duality between the the crass person who you would assume and that's again putting it back onto us as the people on the internet or whatever assuming that someone who's creating something so shocking or whatever is doing it because they're not smart enough to articulate it mm-hmm. in a more thought out way to make it more of a thinking person's joke Uh or kind of hit it on a more cerebral, uh, level. But then when you end up finding out that the person actually is, is pretty well, uh, spoken and stuff like that, that all of a sudden it's just like, Oh, well shit.
2: (laughs) Well, it might come as a surprise, but I don't, I don't like to be hated. I don't like fucking drama. Like, I mean, it's inevitable for what I do, but when somebody gets upset with me, I give them a chance to tell me why it's upset them and I'll decide what to do from there. I'm not likely to, to apologize. I don't, I don't really apologize to people. Unless I, I, it's a powerful word. I, I don't do it unless I feel it's necessary. Um, and I'll try to address it and give my explanation for why I do the things I do, and they can either accept it or not. But if people are going to hate me, I usually give them a reason to hate me at that point. I'll, I'll go out of my, I'll go out of my way to push some buttons or uh, to cause some chaos at that point.
1: Um, we had kind of briefly mentioned that you were on the radio at one point. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. What were you doing in radio, and what was kind of the goal of starting to go down like a radio a path or career or broadcasting? I guess
2: it was just spur of the moment, like just came out of fucking nowhere. I was I went to school with Big Mac from Freak Show WSNX. I think he's doing something else now, but I was like, dude, you know, I want to try this radio shit. Like, you know, get me an intern position and like legally or. Some rule said that you had to be in college or something, but I wasn't in college, and he still got me in. And I started doing some work for Putin's Playhouse in the morning. And I don't know if I was just like that fucking retarded, but they they put me in the spot of the stunt boy doing like the retarded shit. I I was taking over Brett beside Matthews crackhead karaoke. That was gonna become my segment. And I was doing beat our meat, which was trivia against me. You uh, know, <laughs> <laughs> and doing just a whole bunch of crazy stuff that I never thought I would do. And I got attention from that. And then I started to build up my own online personality on the side of that. And then once the radio thing ended, I still had my own, my own followers to fall back on. And I've lost a lot of them along the way, but, I still have, you know, as you've seen, I still have plenty of people around to support my endeavors or tell me to make memes when I, something happens in my life. <laughs> um,
1: so what ended up happening to where you didn't want to end up doing radio anymore?
2: Radio's cutthroat, man. It's it's fucking horrible. It's like being in fucking high school. Uh, after Putin went to Detroit... And I went over to Citadel I did some stuff for one of five, three and did some production for thunder country. And I watched all my friends in, in pretty high positions lose their jobs. And eventually I got canned cause I wasn't in college. I mean, you know, they found out and uh, the director did not like me. <laughs> I, <guess laughs> I, I annoyed him uh, a few too many times. Uh, and then I watched everybody lose their job. Kevin Matthews, he lost his job. I think he was making six figures a year. And they hired somebody else, and Todd Chance lost his job. Putting, I think, and putting his back in Grand Rapids, so he, he no longer works in Detroit. And I love radio, and I would love to do it again, but it's a high risk and you know, a little reward at this point, I think. And as far as radio goes, with all the alternatives that are out there now
1: I think the first thing that I had seen you do and I don't know the time frame of when this event was that I first found you the first medium I found you in compared to when you had left radio but you had done a video I'm blanking on what it's called but it made the rounds but it had uh, a mark from stepdad and you guys were doing shots or jello shots or whatever it was Mm. And I remember watching that and I think very much like everybody else, when there's something, when there's a a thing that people can see and it starts getting some traction, it probably was like pulling teeth to get people to do it with you. But then once that one thing hit, all of a sudden now everyone wants to be your best friend and wants to do one with you. And I, remember, I was in the same boat. I was like, Oh, this looks like fun. Like this looks like something I would do with my friends. And I was right. like, but the difference was is, and it kind of sucks. I don't really remember exactly what the, the, Ah, uh, the nature of the discussion was, but everything it was you the were discussing, yeah. But I forget what it was you guys were all debating. But it was all shit <laughs> that I was like, oh, I could add something to this very easily, right. and that was well, the thing the- is, because you were talking about doing more, and I was like, oh, I'd be down to like I know, the running joke with my wife is that like I know a lot about a lot of things, so I could comment on something and not necessarily right. go into. Too much depth about it, but enough to like bullshit for a little bit and just spark more conversation, steer it into a direction where it's something that I, I am more knowledgeable about. But I was like, oh, I'd like to do one. And then at that point, I think I'd hit you up to be like, oh, when are you doing another one? Or who are you like, what are you looking for? And people who you do this with, like, is it your friends? Is it random strangers? Like, is it someone who can drink and just not be afraid of like saying some shit? And I think you were like, oh, I'm not doing one of those, blah, 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 whatever. But at that point, I thought the goal of what you – I thought who you were was more creating online content outside of like memes and like what that would become but just more like here's this like online content. It's like a 10, 15-minute video. Go to my website. See the rest of it. So it's almost like a right. – like the like porn ads. Like you get like a 20-second <laughs> teaser and then it's like, oh, I got you. If you want to see more, go to my website.
2: I don't know. 20 seconds is all I need, man. <laughs> you just loop it. <laughs> no, it just needs to play once. Ah. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the thing is, that the drunken debate came together pretty smoothly. You know, uh, it wasn't actually as hard as I thought it would be to get that all together. I had some. I had worked on a Hollywood film that was in Grand Rapids, and I had some connections at that point. The one with uh, probably Curtis Jackson. Yeah, Fifty Cent. He was really chill. He he screamed at me one day though. That was terrifying we were working 15 hour days in the dead of winter outside it was it was fucking brutal and i was i was one of the guys on set that had to be yelled quiet on the set if there was noise or anything like that right before it started the scene and some some idiots were making noise and i yelled quiet on the set and 50 cent hadn't heard or heard them make any noise he heard me he just turns around this is like four, three, four a.m. And he's like, shut the fuck up. Like (laughs) dude, in front of the whole film crew, man, it was, it was intense. This dude's a gangster. Like, I mean, he was a legit gangster back in the day. Like I had, I talked to him every single day before this. He was chill, but that, that, that's, that scene was not, not fucking pretty. That was, that was a blow.
1: (laughs) But, um,
2: but yeah, anyways, the, the drunken debate, um, I got that together. It didn't end up. I didn't end up releasing all the episodes because I didn't have a video. Episode. Oh,
1: there were there were more than one episode.
2: There was. There's at least twelve, thirteen in the pipe. Shit. And that's. I mean, several years old. I released three, and um, as the topics went on, we got progressively drunk. You know, by the end of the night, we were fucking blitzed. I ended up throwing up and crashing at my buddy's house. <laughs> the, thing about, the thing about Ultramark is he does not shut up, though. So it's like 90% of him talking, and we occasionally get a word in edgewise. Uh, but he's entertaining enough, so it worked. You know?
1: It also kind of helped that around that time of that video going was when they were getting their their rise around here locally.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think that kind of fell off.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sadly. He
2: would always used... Um, auto-tune on his voice and then they went to that producer i don't it was a pretty well-known producer i don't remember his name but um they did not i don't think they use auto-tune or at least not to the extent that they had and uh, i didn't enjoy the, the second cd as much i don't know what he's doing anymore we're no longer friends he's
1: um i, <laughs> I was gonna say as you were just talking about that
2: right it's a uh, kind of a recurring theme for me uh He, uh, I don't know what he's doing. I have no idea. But it was fun. I mean, I'd I'd still love to do that. I got sick shortly after and I had to uh, focus on some other stuff, though.
1: And then, so, with the shift kind of seemingly going to being in, like, more film-oriented projects, whether it be the the drunken debate or even working on a, a film here locally when we have that, like, kind of... Uh, what is it, a tax break or whatever to get people to start filming here, down here in GR, anyway?
2: What do you mean?
1: Was that, I assume that's why, like, because for a little while there, we were getting a, a ton of, uh...
2: We were until Rick Snyder fucked it all up.
1: Yeah, so and I was going to say... they I'm... all went,
2: ever, they went elsewhere. Yeah. Because it's,
1: it's gone. But, so that around the time of the drunken debate, you probably started getting into film due to us getting, having that tax incentive and getting, like, 30 minutes or less and... All those fifty cent and Val Kilmer movies and a few other things that I think shot around here at the time. Was that around the same it, time, roughly?
2: It was rather. it was shortly after the around that time. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was shortly after that movie that I worked on. I had gotten in contact with some of the the people who were doing lighting on the film and had them light the set. It was in my lawyer's office actually. You can you can hear Ultramark of Arguing with my lawyer on the behind behind the scenes footage it was pretty gnarly.
1: What uh? So what was then the goal? Since it seems like you enjoyed being in the like performing, whether it be like on camera or, or creating content at that point, what was the goal then? Like, what?
2: I didn't have one. It was at the time I wanted to be on camera, but I I still wasn't really comfortable with it. I think I'm a little more comfortable now, and with the project I'm working on now, it should be a little bit more smoother than that. But I'm also planning on working behind the the camera as well.
1: Is that something you went to have gone to school for uh-huh. since, or just kind of learn
2: as you go? I went to college for acting, and that was only for a semester. And I went for some programming, and that was only for a semester. So I'm I'm not much of a college guy. <laughs> I think if I were to go back now, I would go for business. It's just, I, uh, I think I'm creative enough to handle the creative side by myself, and I'm business savvy enough. But I, would, I want to hone my skills on that front a little bit more than I, I do. I don't know business is like ninety percent of you know, success. Everything. And, yeah.
1: Yeah. So. Around all this time as well, you started going international traveling, which I (laughs) didn't understand how it seemed like you didn't have a job, but I was like, How the fuck are you able to go to like Thailand and all this shit? And then one day you were like, Oh, here's how I do it like I just go when it's like off season or really cheap and I don't bring shit. It is really cheap.
2: Everybody I got really fucking sick of seeing people saying that traveling is really expensive or and so I, I took that time to make a post about like, you can get flights to Japan for $300. I fly to the Philippines for $300. You know, if you don't need to stay in a luxury hotel, you can live on a beach without air conditioning or hot water for $150 a month. I uh, The place that I stay, uh, I stay on a beach on Barakai in the Philippines for 300 a month. And that's with Wi-Fi, air conditioning, and hot water and, you know, all utilities included. So I don't know. These people seem to want to – want they want to travel, but they also want to be stuck where they are. And I made a big post about that with um, Electric Forest, um, which caused a lot of issues. It was a pretty popular post, but I uh, caused a lot of drama.
1: Well, I guess I, I... – I guess I didn't see that part about electric forest Were you just kind of talking about how electric forest cost X amount of money. And instead of going to something for a weekend here in, in the state or right. whatever, you could have gone and got more life experiences. Was that more yeah, or less the, pretty much. Uh,
2: the thing is, is I'm not a big festival person. I consider a festival, like people live in their bubble all day long. And then they go to a festival and they just increase their bubble a little bit, you know, it's, it's not. And a lot of times they're just going out to do fucking drugs and, I know a lot of people will say no, that's not what we do, but then they, they are, right. they just are, right? <laughs> you know. Um, so I made a I made a post about that. And I compared the costs, you know, with the price of the tickets, the traveling, the the food, everything. You can afford to go out of country, and then these people who are going to these festivals spend the rest of the year talking about how they wish they could travel, and they wish they could do this and that. And it's just uh, fucking redundant to me. It's ridiculous because they can afford to travel. They can afford to do these things that they want to do, but they don't bother to look into it. You know, a festival is easy. You just buy a fucking ticket. You know, it, it's not fucking hard to get a plane ticket either if you go on Skyscanner. But they just aren't willing to put in the work as far as I'm concerned.
1: What was the, what was the motivation for you to, to travel abroad like that and for at such a great length of time?
2: Well, 2009, I only gone, I went there for like three weeks. Um, I was working for um, <laughs> a guy who worked out there. And I got fired like three days after I was there because I told his girlfriend he was cheating on her. Like,
1: see, it's know. that it's that whole having morals thing that gets you in trouble.
2: Right. Surprise, surprise. I have some. And, uh, <laughs> Seems to be a big one my, with you. Right. I spent uh, the rest of my time exploring the country with two friends I had made on Facebook prior to arriving in the country. And uh, after being in an abusive relationship, emotionally abusive relationship, I decided to just get up and leave. So I, I just went out there. I had an excuse to go out there anyway. My friend was getting married and I stayed there for six months. And... I started to develop my next project, which still hasn't started yet, but it should it should um, be based on traveling and jackass type shit, you know, like a mix between the stuff I did on the radio and um, my vulgar sense of humor and traveling, you know.
1: Would it be going to various places, or just kind of being able to mm-hmm. do something here locally?
2: No, it's, um, it's going to start in the Philippines, and then I may stay there for a while because I know the language, I know the area, and I want to do some stuff there. But after that, I'm probably going to go to Southeast Asia and do the Southeast Asia loop, and then maybe to India. And I eventually want to work my way over to Africa, depending on the political situation over there. But I also want to go over to you know South America and do some stuff out there as well. Um, I plan on, uh, getting, putting my, you know, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but a few YouTubers, YouTubers have done it where they put their hands in a, a, a mitten full of bullet ants, you know, uh, so that sounds pretty gnarly. And I have, I have a pretty low tolerance for pain, so I think it should be pretty funny.
1: It's funny. I, uh. A lot of these things that when you discuss them either through social media or through when we've had discussions on a Facebook Messenger or whatever, it sounds like the shit. And I think everybody, at least most men uh, in their young 20s, did shit like this just out of boredom. Like I can think of. I think now, like looking back, like if you get a couple of my friends together and we discuss some of the shit that we did, like one day we had no air conditioning in our apartment. So you know, all being really best close friends is like, oh, dude, fuck this fuck clothes, dude. I'm just not wearing clothes. It's so fucking hot in here. And then someone had a jelly candle from their prom. And I remember we just got on opposite ends of the apartment and basically threw this jelly candle at each other's balls. And if you got hit <laughs> the dick, then you lost.
2: <laughs> See, I didn't have that kind of life when I was in my twenties, man, I was in serious relationships through most of my twenties. And, um, now I'm, I'm 32 and I, I think, uh, you know, I switched it up. I'm, getting out there doing a little more crazy stuff now that i'm in my 30s rather as opposed to my 20s which may be a little outside of the box but you
1: know actually it's kind of funny because i i was talking with uh i had made a comment to a friend recently about how i'm i'm gonna be 33 in september so about how
2: if it makes you feel better, you look like you're about 16.
1: I know a lot of people are shocked, especially when I'm with my parents because my parents don't look as old as they are, which they're only 24 years older than me. So, um, But be that as it may, it's one of those things where um, initially I wanted kids. Now I'm at the point where everyone I've ever dated on it, like, and this isn't just bullshitting to be like, oh, it's because you, your wife feels that way. But everyone I've ever dated never wanted kids. Mm. And so slowly it became a thing where it's like, That societal normal being like, oh, you have to have kids when you're with someone that you want to settle down with, so on and so forth, and then, oh, you got to get the house, and then you got to do all these things, and it's like, no, and there was a debate one night while we were drinking before the the elections happened and all that shit, so that kind of gives you a reference of time frame, but we were discussing (laughs) – how there's no way that this could happen with, you know, the election the way it kind of panned out and who was better. And someone made the comment about how, well, I'm afraid that if Bernie Sanders gets in office, he's going to die because he's so fucking old. And I go, (laughs) well, that's, that's where the vice president comes into place or the, you know, the hierarchy of how the presidential, you know, tiers go and, and the roles that these people have. And as we were just kind of discussing things, like everyone kind of brought up their kids because other than bridget and i everyone that we were hanging out with had kids and so they were talking about how some of the different things that they're voting for were going to affect their kids and i understood that and you know not having kids doesn't mean i'm not aware of the issues going on or how it'll affect people but as we were discussing things uh everyone was surprisingly was like oh if my kid doesn't want to go to college like it's fine like get experiences and what so forth and there was one person that kind of had made the comment like my kid has to go to school because how are they going to learn anything or how are they going to learn to do anything? And I had made the comment about how, actually, my I think my wife had made the comment in general about how well John never went to college and he he writes for a local online site. He books shows. He never went to school for that. He, you know, does all these things. And like the person was like, well, how did you learn how to do that? And it's like, or who told you you could do that? I go better question. Who told you you couldn't? Right. Why do you assume someone has to give you permission to do something? And so it's kind of been a weird thing for me where I, I feel like now that of them in my 30s and, and knowing that I don't want to have a kid and, and something like I couldn't necessarily do this if I had a kid because I'd have to make dinner and get ready to put that's, my that's kid down and stuff like that. I, and, it's, and to me, it's like I, you figure it out for sure, obviously. And, and if you have a strong partner or even if you don't, like you, you just figure shit out. But I take that thing and I realize, like, I'm just selfish, and I want to do shit for myself. I want to have the experiences where I get to travel and I get to go do things. And I feel like having a child would slow me down. And I honestly, I,
2: like, I I feel this like, to, uh, I feel this on a spiritual level. <laughs> God damn, I uh, I struggle with this because I do want kids. I do want a family. Uh, me and my ex uh, fiance had talked about having kids, and uh, my last girlfriend had a kid you know uh, i i fucking love it I, I want a family of my own but i also am
1: but you re- I, I think that, i sorry have different to cut dreams you you know? i was gonna start to cut you off but you do realize you can have a family and not have a kid i think that's the thing that people don't when they think of a family they think of you know husband wife children child right. whatever
2: you know that is a family but i mean when i say family i mean i do want children you know um and that is a goal of mine but so is traveling um uh, you know but i I, you know, the American education system is shit. And it was shit before Betsy DeVos came around.
1: <laughs> uh, it's so weird to so, hear other people talk about her because it's like everyone knows of her from being around here in Michigan. So it's weird to hear someone okay. that's sort of a local uh, talent yeah. is what I was going to say.
2: <laughs> the thing is, like, when when me and my ex-fiancé had talked about it, you know, we had talked about homeschooling. And you can homeschool when you travel, and these um, – these college, I mean, these schools in other countries, they are—they're ten times better than what we have here in America. So if you stay in one place for a while, you can get some really good education on top of homeschooling when you're traveling. It's not the most stable, but I do know people that have made it work, and it really depends on the kind of girl you're seeing and whether they can—they can see themselves in that situation. Uh, I know I've kind of put—I mean, my online personality makes me seem like a huge whore, you know, but. <laughs> The, Actually, the em-
1: yeah, I don't. I don't feel like that is how you who you are. I I kind well, of. I mean, I
2: I am to an extent. Like, I don't deprive myself of intimacy between relationships, and I'm not in relationships that often. I'm very. Um, I wouldn't. I would say picky, but my track record is anything but. I I just have <laughs> a, a peculiar taste, you know. And I've dated three girls, fucked a lot more. But the end result, I mean, the end goal is to have a family, to find somebody to settle down with. Um, But until that happens, (laughs) I don't know, like, I'm just going to keep acting like the uh, cornball I am, I guess.
1: I always wonder, with the girls that you do end up getting, and knowing that, you know, you have said this before, that you wanted a family, I often wonder if what happens to you is what happens to me, or happened to me, because I'm married now, so I got somebody, um, where I would... I look like the bad guy, like the, the tough guy everyone wants. I probably is going to treat, you know, a girl like shit. And so subconsciously they're always attracted to that type. Um, and then we start dating and it's like, uh, I didn't know my nights are going to be spent watching Sex in the City and all these like, chick flicks <laughs> and stuff like that. And it's like, sorry. I... <laughs>
2: Dude, I'm i really chill in a relationship when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like I am, I am romantic. I am passionate. I am this and that. Do you think people
1: um, think that you're going to be just how you are and then are Well, no. I mean, when, or... I
2: meet, when I meet people, they quickly realize I'm not like who I am online. But if I'm just trying to fuck, then I, I do generally treat the girls a little rougher, you know. And then the situation where I generally am interested in somebody, I, I come on a little too strong. Um, and that, that can fuck me up. So, I mean, it's kind of like polar opposites with me. So I have a tendency to uh, gravitate towards women in rough situations who are, who are damaged. And I, I want to, you save want to fix them.
1: them. Yeah.
2: Right. And that's, yep. that's been who I've been for quite a long time. My ex fiance, my last girlfriend, uh, they've all, all had really troubled past and I've wanted to save them and, and ended up losing myself in the process. Um, it's, it's something that somebody wants, needs to want to do for themselves and, if you put that much pressure on yourself you're going to end up in the situation where I was where I just didn't want to live anymore so um but I still I still try to help people I just try not to fall into that trap do you find that it's hard to
1: with wanting to and I guess they're not as extreme opposites as as I'm going to make them sound out to be but do you find it really hard to want to pursue the the career like the Creative path that you're trying that you've gone down, but then also trying to find the other part that's gonna make you happy and whole, and the other thing that you've been wanting in your personal life.
2: Absolutely, it's definitely it it tears me apart a lot, to be honest. Um, Because sometimes it seems like they're in completely different directions. Um, Like when I find when I find a, a girl or somebody that I see potential in for the future, I completely give up everything else. Um, And I focus on them and that's, that's been completely unhealthy for me. I I believe that's a a typical symptom of codependency, you know, which I, which I do have some traits of, I guess, but um, I've been focusing more on my projects and um, sitting around and healing from my car accident. And, you know, (laughs) instead of um, focusing on perhaps things that will Take me further away from the end goal. So, uh, I'd like to look for that stuff once I've uh, accomplished what I want to accomplish. But I'm 30, like at thirty-two, I feel like I'm climbing the ladder. Like it's just, like, I don't know. I got to cut it off at some point.
1: <laughs> Speaking of the car accident, that was kind of the other big. I mean, I kind of already said it earlier, but that was like the other big event that's happened, and more very recently. Where it seems like every time you come out of Facebook jail, you come out strong (laughs) with with content that is kind of like the, hey, I'm back. Did you miss me? Here's, you know, fucking gross vagina or something. I don't know. (laughs) But with that, like in the midst of one of the more recent times you came back from one of your your small bands, it then was, you know, hey, I just got in this car accident and pretty serious and this is like what kind of the gnarly shit that happened and like the weird thing was is a lot of people seemingly didn't no it wasn't seemingly it was very much didn't give a shit like you i would notice like oh this doesn't have like 500 fucking likes or you know an astronomical the picture of
2: the accident had quite a few likes but that might have been on my other account i don't know um it was kind of but hard far, to keep track of which one gets posted to right. where you share. As far as um, people visiting me and hanging out with me when I was um, immobile for six months, it didn't happen. I had like one person stop by, you know, um, which, is, which is whatever. Um, but I don't think
1: that's whatever. I, <laughs> to me, like, I don't know. Like, that's kind of like the weird thing as well where – I think for me, and and I'm projecting some shit onto you, but okay. I think when I say this, you'll understand what I'm getting at. But to me, like that would be an example of like I, where I would – if I questioned whether how true my friendship was with anyone, if that situation happened, I'd be like, yeah, okay, well, then I'm only apparently good enough for the good time or when you need something or whatever. But when I needed you, like you're not there, so fuck everybody. Like just – it would drive me to be like – Anytime someone would be like, oh, let's blah, 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 and they'd be like, no, fuck you. It's like, Bridgeburn, we're done, moving on. you got to understand people. these people
2: aren't necessarily my friends.
1: But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, if you are saying that like, you're posting this even on your personal page or whatever, That I would feel, and and, you know, the 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 super fucked up part and the irony, and it's not lost on me, is the fact that it's like I'm talking about something that I was aware of and I didn't, you know, do anything. But it's like, to be fair, I didn't really know you. It really, I would say, I would say in the last, uh, but it's in that, but that here's the flip side of that though. In that amount of time, in the last, I would say five to six months, I would say you and I have actually gotten to know each other more and talked about things outside of just whatever, just talking about music, talking about past experiences that we both share places we may have been at the same time and just didn't realize it or people we know that we didn't know that we knew at you know in common and and so forth where the friendship is building whereas before it was you know that's not the case but i don't know that that was a common thing for other people like i wasn't there physically like there to be hang out with you but i would i definitely felt like i was like oh you know see what this dude's
2: up to like i i know what it's like to check up with me on facebook i mean don't get me wrong uh Several people visited me in the hospital. Uh, I don't really remember it because I don't have so many drugs. Uh, but after that, it was, it was really dry. I mean, nobody really came out. Um, p- people said they'd come out, but they never did. But I, I think that's that happens to everybody in these situations. It's just like, it's not that I don't have friends. I don't have many. Uh, and I'm close to the ones that I do have. Um, and I guess that's the way I have preferred it. And though more recently I've been going out, you know, I've been going out and I'm drinking a little bit. And I've been going out and smoking with new people and trying to trying to make new friends because um, I've been cooped up for so long. Um, but, I mean, I don't expect these people to be here for me necessarily. You know, I am here to entertain and that's primarily... Uh, what I do. I'll interject some serious stuff, either political or um, comments on social things that are going on, like electric forest or I, you know, I was kind of, um, I talked about the ice bucket challenge when that was around or that was when I was in the Philippines. But I mean, I guess I'm not there for a lot of people either, you know, unless they're, I'm there for my friends, you know, but a lot, I have, 4, I have 4,000 plus friends on Facebook. I don't – I can't say I'm there for most of them, you know. So it's it's only fair that, you know, I mean, if I'm not it, – it's a two-way street, you know. Yeah. Um, how much – There were people that I, I expected to show up that didn't, and we – I did cut some of them off.
1: Uh, what – uh? trying to think was it was it a freak show that you had the big altercation with yeah a couple months ago yeah they did just come into my job and it was was kind of a piece of shit but
2: that that was um the post about electric forest that started that shit that was a, a real big issue i said some nasty stuff to my friend kevin um who's always been there for me and He had deleted me that day on Facebook, and we just started. I I flipped out on him, and like we just flipped out. And he flipped out on me. He ended up showing up at my house, and we made up though. That's the thing. And Holmes had seen this happen, and uh, I was. I made a post about having suicidal thoughts, and there's a lot of people wish that you had done it. And I posted it on Facebook, and my friends flipped out. They started a campaign, and that's where my friends are there for me. You know, um, I have an online personality, and they're for me. They're there for me online. I don't know these people personally, so I don't expect them to be there for me personally. But there was a big campaign against Holmes. I had friends. Um, I had friends actually email his uh, his work. I didn't tell them to do that, but they did it um, because they didn't feel it was appropriate to say that to somebody. You know, I'd always been kind to Holmes. You know, when his I think his cat died or whatever, I I, uh, I messaged him and wished him well or whatever, and I occasionally sent him a nice message here and there. And he he's been a dick to me since I first worked for him. Uh, I didn't work for him, but I I did some photography for them, uh, the freak show, and then when I was on the morning show, he wasn't very kind to me then either. Um. In Uh, I found out recently he was still talking about me on Facebook and I'm just, I'm just kind of over it at this point, like it was drama, you've seen it happen and then you decided to turn it into your own drama and and use it, um, use that situation against me, which if that's his prerogative, that's his prerogative, Uh, but it became a big issue.
1: I was going to say, I noticed right around then he no longer seems to be on any of our local radio, so...
2: Well, he's coming back, I think, unless that was an April Fool's joke. I didn't want to get him in in trouble. Like I just well, wanted you... him to admit, admit what he did. You know, like people people were trying to get him fired, I guess, but that wasn't um, coming from me. You know, it was coming from the result of me posting what he had done. I uh, I had written his boss because my friend who had emailed them said that he wanted me to email him with what was going on. And I just said, listen, I, you know, I don't want you to fire him or anything. I just want a, an apology. Um, and to be honest, like, I don't even care if I get an apology, I guess. Cause uh, if, if you're going to pull that shit and then I don't know, like what's, what's, I, I know it wouldn't be sincere, you know? And yeah, apologies are nothing if uh, they're not sincere. So. Um,
1: so kind of speaking on – and I don't know if you can really speak on your projects coming up that you're working on.
2: Yeah, I can. Some of them.
1: Some of I guess there's more than I thought there were. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say I only really – you had kind of commented on, and you already did, the uh, one that was kind of like a traveling jackass, wild boys-esque kind of thing. That's the plan. What are some of the other things that you have that you that you can, I guess, discuss? And
2: Well, that one is the Traveling Donkey Show. And that's the main thing I'm going to be focusing on. I have a bunch of stuff I plan to do once I've gotten my health under control. You know, I've, I gained some weight because of the car accident. I, um, I'm i still healing. I still haven't recovered uh, completely. Um, once that's all taken care of, then I start traveling. I'll start working on that. Um, <sighs> that's going to be a travel blog and a YouTube show. You know, um, I'm a writer. I'm working for a company I can't name because people want to get me in trouble. Um, I'm writing for a pretty well-known publication. And, you know, in the future, that'll be be good for my resume. I wish I could talk about that one because it's really exciting to work for such a a well-known website. Um, So I'm going to take my writing. I'm a writer, so I'm going to take that, and I'm going to take it to the travel blog and, do what I can there and make stupid videos um, and and do what I can there as well. Um, That's, that's the main project I have. I have some other things in the works, but those are just, uh, I have some investments that I've made that I'm, I'm involved in and uh, maybe in a a physical company business that might be in the works, but uh, nothing concrete.
1: How, uh, as someone who, I guess, is kind of in the same boat as, as you are at times with a lot of the proverbial Stokes in the fire, how challenging do you find it to, to balance all of these things?
2: Um, well, being a provocateur is easy,
0: so
2: that's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's just fun, um taking it and moving it into a platform where people have to go off of Facebook to see the content content is a little more challenging. Um,
1: speaking to the core, qu- we preaching to the right. Choir. Yeah. That's why I try to help
2: you with your, uh, your Facebook page. There.
1: Well, it, like, I don't know. I'm, it's really weird. Cause I, and maybe like this can be something we can kind of slowly start ending this episode up with as someone who creates a lot of online content, Obviously, we know social media is king as far as getting anything out that you are doing however i I have wondered and it seems like it's not so hard for you, and maybe it is, and I'm just not aware because it seems like you have so much active uh people actively engaged in and doing stuff, but on your, on your page huge. what was that
2: you know this that engagement's huge like I started to notice that a lot of local celebrities. Um, they'd post things. And some things would get a lot of likes, but then they post something else and only get a couple likes. I haven't, I haven't been below 20 likes in years. You know, I mean that's that's on the low end. You know, I have I've had consistent um, high engagement on my posts, and I want to transfer that into um, another uh, form of media. You know, whether that's YouTube, whether that's on my blog, or um, or doing something else. Um, but a lot of these people, um, I don't know, they're just there on Facebook. So, I mean, it, it's really, it really depends
1: what, uh, when it's, when all of your projects are done and maybe you segue from kind of creating a lot of this content and, and kind of delve more into maybe a steady career whatever that looks like and and having more of a family life or a, a more stable home life i guess i would say if you're planning on doing yeah. all the traveling what would you rather be what would you like to be remembered for Shit. like something something like serious like like wow you know like i what? remember seeing a post and and it made me like think that like i can expect like have all these crazy experiences and and do these things if i put my mind to it or would you rather kind of be and I, i'm i guess the answer already is there like no one wants to be known for being like just creating like crazy wild shit but like right. if you could like have maybe you know a viral moment i guess as it were or something that just like really resonates with so many people and gets shared and becomes like for all intents and purposes just because it's the first thing i thought of but like a tub girl where it's like fucking 15 <laughs> years later it's still something you remember and people right. pull up like would you like? I guess it's almost like a flash in the pan, or or kind of being. More I don't serious? honestly.
2: I don't honestly care. I just want to be able to have my voice. I want people who resonate with that voice, and you know, I want my audience, and that's that's all I've ever wanted. Uh, whether people hate me or love me, I don't I don't fucking care. I just want my my voice to get out to the people that want to hear it. And whether I do something crazy and that gets remembered, or I'm writing a book as well, I I forgot to bring that up. Um, There's the the opposite side of me that people, what people see online, the book is completely opposite. You know, I write very emotionally, I write very candid. And I think the book, I mean, if I can get that published, that, that would be probably what I, the voice that I'd want to get out. But if I if I only get remembered before doing crazy shit, that's fine too. If I don't get remembered at all, well, that sucks. But that's the way it is, you know. So I'm not particularly picky when it comes to attention. Um, and it's not like I didn't get attention growing up or anything. I just <laughs> I just fucking love it, you know. Um, maybe maybe I need some therapy for that, but it's.
1: Were you one to kind of be more? Were you a shy person growing up or were you always kind of like more outgoing?
2: I'm still shy, to be honest. I mean, not as (laughs) (laughs) ironic, right? No, um, when I was a little kid, I would talk super fast. I would talk to strangers. I would talk to everybody. And then I think around the time in middle school, I got bullied pretty heavily. And that's when things started to change for me and I started to become more introverted and uh, started to live inside my own head as opposed to living in society like a healthy person. So, um, yeah, I. I mean, I'm still pretty shy. I still. I mean, I still have some issues because uh, I used to take a lot of Xanax. So I mean, not for fun either. It was because because of severe anxiety and and some of the situations I was in called for it. And. I have uh, some thinking problems as a result because I'm not completely off yet. I'm, I'm almost off, but due to your injury, I'm sure you need them. Maybe the I issues don't. still. No, I'm. And the plan is to get them off. Get off them completely. I was on ten a day, dude. I'm not so a part of that scene either. I mean, I get it. I'm not into to drugs, really. I mean, I smoke weed, but like, I took it because I was prescribed it and I needed. It. I took more than prescribed. They just call, they calm me down. It's. I don't know, I've just never been a pill popper, but uh, the situation I was in called for um, some drastic measures. So, like, you know, rough stuff.
1: Crazy. Well, I feel like your book would be rather interesting to read then because I don't know how, well, f- how far I don't know it goes. How
2: many, how, uh, I don't know how people are going to enjoy it because it has a political uh, slant on it, you know? Doesn't um, everything now? <laughs> well, yeah, but most people I know uh, lean to the left politically and I lean to the right. Um, So all my liberal friends are probably going to hate me. Um, You know, it's whatever. I don't care what people think politically. I just care if if they they voted, they voted for what they cared about and what they thought was important. If they did that and they were educated and, and looked up the issues that they cared about, then that's all that really matters to me. I care about having my voice and I want to be able to voice it I'll probably lose some friends in the in the process, but it's um, basically uh, a book about uh, my childhood and the, uh, my abusive relationships that I've been in and um, The results and what I went through after that and how I kind of got pushed out of liberalism So I used to be liberal myself and I, I got, got pushed into a more uh, conservative way of thinking. So it's, it's part memoir, part um, political, but honestly, it's just a way to um, get out these things that have happened to me in, in a healthy way instead of memes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I. I think I, I gotta say I'm honestly surprised that you're writing a book and you do as much writing stuff as you did. Uh, right. So the idea of sitting down and writing a book just seems like such a daunting well, no, task. That it is,
2: it is daunting. But nobody's ever you know completely unique. I mean, like there's nothing really that's unique in this world anymore. I well, I don't
1: even feel like I have a story. Un- to me, unique enough to even be like, oh well, I'm gonna other than just self grandiose type shit where it's like, okay, like, <laughs> like oh well. Like, the fucked up part is anytime I ever think about writing something or write... All I can ever think of is, again, Chappelle from the Chappelle show when he was like, oh, I didn't like... What was it? uh, Finding Forrester or something like that. He's like, did you know the dude who that's about, like, wrote that book, like, about himself? Like, I didn't know you could do that, like, and take liberties with it and shit. Like, I'd be like, oh, I have, like, the biggest dick ever, and I was the funniest person alive, and I would just take way too many liberties, and I feel like, I mean that's the far end of it like for the comedic effect but i I just feel like as a whole like the irony like i wanted to do this podcast and i wanted to talk to people who have a who are known for something but have to me have a different story to tell other than the thing they're known for and to give them a voice because i feel like everyone has a unique story and and just to tell it but the funny part is is someone's like well you know, why not tell your story? And I go, cause I don't feel like I have a unique story. <laughs> like, I feel really? like my story is exactly the same as like a million other people's and it's no different well, than I anyone crazy,
2: else. Crazy stories to tell. I mean, you've seen some of them on my Facebook, you know, I would love to tell those, but I mean, honestly, your story is going to come from what you feel um, and what you feel is unique to you. The, the thing is, like, I help people through a lot of emotional issues. I'm, I'm helping a, a friend through an abusive situation right now, and uh, I'm like, I'm not a good person for somebody to come to and uh, use my shoulder to cry on. I'm not gonna tell somebody what they want to hear. I'm, I'm tough love. Not, e- not even. It's, it's. I'm more logical. I will give them logical advice, uh, and that's just the way I am. So, but I, doesn't mean I don't feel, it just means our pain is unique that, you know, I've no doubt you've gone through some pain in your life as well. So, you know, your, your story, your unique story comes from whatever you feel, I think. So I think if you want to write something that it should not necessarily, I mean, it can include the stuff that's happened around you, but it's all about how you have reacted and how you feel and. How that's affected you as a person. I think that's where the unique uh, shit comes in.
1: Um, I think we've kind of covered a, a wide gamut of things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, socials are usually a thing I like to end on, so people can find find you if they're interested in Fair. seeing what's going on. So, where are your socials? Where can people find you? And
2: oh, all right, well, let's see which which Facebooks do I got. <laughs>
1: This is where the uh, borderline personalities kind of screw you, where you're like, all right, I have like nine pages you can follow on Facebook, three on Instagram, and two on 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 Instagram or whatever. But
2: well, I have a page that people can like. It's it's at like three thousand likes, which is facebook.com/slash I am Meatloaf, and then where did uh, that come from,
1: by the way? I don't think I ever found the the origin story.
2: Yeah, well, when I was working for 104.5, my first time on air, I was interviewing Greg Giraldo. He was a comedian that did a lot of roasts back in the day. He passed away quite a while ago now, but... Oh, did he really?
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. He did. Like, four years ago? Drug overdose.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Sorry. And, well, you're going to interview this guy. We're not going to tell you who he is. You have to guess, right? And... uh, (laughs) And they pulled this guy in with like thinking he was going to get a legitimate interview and they gave him to fuck to me. Right. So I'm um, like asking him all these stupid questions. First time on air. I'm nervous as hell. Like, I can't fucking do this. And right before the interview, Putin's like, well, I think your name is Meatloaf. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I like that, dude. <laughs> and uh, well, Greg Giraldo heard that. And so every question he fucking answered, well, well, Meatloaf. I'll tell you what meatloaf <laughs> and it just went on and on and it stuck from there i mean that was my name after that hmm. uh and i asked why why meatloaf He goes, you look like a meatloaf and that was the best answer i've ever gotten for my Dude. name <laughs> i look like a meat that's it and what's crazy is i i have some pretty famous friends actually one of the dudes i want you to uh interview um I was commenting on his page back when my name was Meatloaf on the radio. Yep. And I get a, a comment under one of my one of my comments that goes, "Oh, hi, Dad," or something mm. like that. And it was actually Meatloaf's fucking daughter <laughs> on my shit. talking Wait, about no, it. It was Amanda a day. Ah, okay. And I don't know if it was Amanda a day who uh, commented on my shit, and that's
1: one of his, his daughters. Daughter. I don't.
2: I don't know if it's a second daughter or if she changed her name, but they don't look the same. So I'm, I think it's two, he has two daughters at least.
1: Okay, wouldn't surprise. It was Maybe that's yeah. the thing he would do, f- do for love, have two daughters.
2: Right. That's Sometimes fun. that happens.
1: Anyway, so your your socials. Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: The other ones I got, I got, I, mean, I got my uh, my main Facebook page, which is facebookcom slash loafmeat.com. Um, I started posting memes again. I, I took a break for like a month, but i Do you I create I'm, all these yourself? or Are you like fat Jewish? Where you just steal other people's shit? I'm like fat Jewish, but I, I create some sometimes. Uh, but I just, honestly, I just don't have the time. Uh, when I make um, like text statuses, you know, I, I write a lot of that stuff. Right. So um, when I when I first started doing this, I just I just took jokes, and then I started writing my own, and then I I started taking memes that I found funny um, and, and posting them. And then I started creating some of my own and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll intermix, you know, um, but I honestly, I don't have the time to sit down and fucking create memes all day. If I, if I think of something really funny, I will. Um, and then uh, the traveling donkey show is facebook.com. nice traveling donkey show, obviously.
1: And then Instagram, um, I think is the same.
2: Yeah, I think
1: so. Did you see that tag, That post I tagged you in today on Instagram? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, look at that real quick, because I would like to... Wait, I think real- I did.
2: Wait what, wait, what was it?
1: It was the tattoo that,
2: uh... Oh, yeah, I like that shit. That
1: was yeah, awesome. it, and for those now that I brought it up, because I will keep this in here in case you want to go see it, uh, actually, let me... Actually, you would probably be better at it being able to pull it up, because you were tagged in and I can't, uh, see it. But, uh... Basically, it was a tattoo done by... I think it was called the, uh, uh, Instagram, at Inkmasters. If you go, at least as of today, and by the time this gets posted, it'll be like probably a month ago. Um, but someone someone wanted and someone tattooed a chick who was a participant in a bukkake. And I have this weird... I won't even call it a fetish because it's not like I, I, I like that. <laughs> but I have this weird thing about bukakis because... Do you and again? I'm going to keep this in the podcast because I'm going to it's explain gonna it. Whether do you know yeah. do you know what how Bukaki started? Do you know the origin story? No.
2: Yeah.
1: No. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're going to get some fucking brain knowledge right here. Uh, Bukaki started way back in like ancient Japan or Japanese culture. If a woman was found cheating on her husband, the the town that they lived in, they would take the woman up to like a secluded area, or whatever, and all the men in the town would basically jerk off on her face and it would either cause her such shame that she would kill herself or if she decided not to that when she would come down the husband had to forgive her because she paid for her sin basically so what started off as like a really weird fucking cultural thing has become a weird fetish for so
2: many people (laughs) my my question is why do you know this
1: Because in the early 2000s, there used to be this website uh, called ambersbookmarks.com and it no longer exists and it's kind of sad because uh, back when porn was starting to become a thing on the internet, uh, this this website existed and it had every fetish listed A through Z. Like if you wanted to like, if you didn't know what, CFNM, if you didn't know what that was, you'd click on it and and, like I'm just an inquisitive person. So like for me as someone who came into uh, my, sexual being very late in life. I didn't know what a lot of things were. And, you know, with the internet being what it was so early, it's like that was one of the first places I could go where I could find out what things were because sometimes you'd hear people talking about like, oh, BDSM. And it's like, well, what does BDSM mean? And Google wasn't quite what it is now. So it's like Uh you had to like kind of go to porn sites and and find what shit was and and kind of look it up. So for me, like I would just a lot of times go to this website just to, to learn what things were. And so, you know, starting A through Z and shit, like, I would just click on stuff, and sometimes I'd find things and be like, fuck, nope, 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 I can't unsee that, but at least I know what it is, and I remember I couldn't pronounce, and something I, I hate is not knowing how to pronounce something sometimes, so with Bukaki, I didn't know how to say it, and then there was a song shortly after I learned how to say it, uh, the, uh, in Nagasaki, they would like, Bukaki. like, there was, like, a weird song thing that was uh-huh. around, that maybe I can find and throw at the end of this episode as a weird fucking button to this. Right. But uh, I remember looking it up and then there was like a Wikipedia page or something to that effect that explained uh, how, where the tradition started and, and what it represented and stuff like that. And it was so fucked up that I was like, of course, you know, the Japanese culture is just so right. fucking weird. Like like I had learned when growing up, like I was born with a cleft lip and palate. And in some of the research of how far back it went and stuff like that i found that in japanese culture and, and chinese culture that if you were born with a birth defect a lot of times they would place their children like on a hill to die because they thought it would there was something wrong outside of just being born with a, an abnormality there was something further wrong with you maybe a curse or something like that so they would just put these children out on a hilltop to die
2: so this is why I don't believe in objective morality.
1: <laughs> so I mean, it's it's one of those things. Our morality to be
2: like, has changed over the years. Yes.
1: So. Uh, so it's it's one of those that, as a super inquisitive person, I I research shit that probably no one gives two fucks about. But to me, it's like I
2: mean, I'm I'm into the BDSM shit. Like I'm I'm really fucking freaky when it comes to sex, but. I don't know. People are getting their uh, their ideas of what BDSM are now through Fifty Shades of Grey, which is like BDSM for soccer mobs, you know? But the crazy thing and
1: is I learned that that was just Twilight fan fiction.
2: It was just what it started off as.
1: Yeah, and I didn't know that until researching right. some of that shit. So, I mean, I, I – like – I'm one of those people that, like, I remember, like, my wife always gets on me for being on my phone, and and I'm super guilty of it for sure. But I'm one of those people if I get a random thought in my head, I I just want to, I like learning and I like knowing something if I have a question to it. And in this day and age where you have, and I'm holding my phone, if you have a fucking, what? you have the, a wealth of knowledge at your fingertips to learn any question you have a you want to know the
2: answer to. And
1: and Isn't it that don't...
2: ironic that people don't bother to no. ever learn what they're talking about?
1: So one day I. Like we had bees, we had bumblebee, like huge fucking bumblebees at the end of our driveway that burrow into our – like a telephone pole. And yeah. so one day I, we were driving around and I was like, I wonder if bees sleep. I've never heard anyone ask. So I they looked do, up, don't they? No. Well, bumblebees because that's what I looked up. Bumblebees don't sleep. What they do is they go into a, an almost dormant state where they're like – they don't move a whole lot, but they're still moving. I don't think bees ever actually sleep, at least, so, excuse me, through I, the information that I found. They don't sleep. They just kind of go into – the hive goes into a very dormant state where they all kind of lightly move around.
2: So it's kind of like high beer nation.
1: Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, So, yeah, so, I mean, like, that was something I looked up, and then I remember my wife was like, oh, kind of like how whales don't poop, and I was like, what the fuck they don't? (laughs) And then, like, I showed her a video of this, like, this dude swimming through, like, a huge, like, cloud of, like, whale shit, and, but, I mean, like, I had seen that picture before, so I knew, like, to look it up and shit, but, like, I'm one of those people that just is inquisitive by nature, so I'll just look up a ton of shit, and it goes into, like, sexual things where it's, like, thank God for that website when it existed, because it taught me so much about so many different things and got me into a thing where sometimes like there are some girls that were like, Oh, I'm into blank. And I'm like,
2: yeah, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> if, if you want to know as much as you can about sexual shit, just go to fat life.com. Fat life, fat life. Like F-A-T? fetish life. Oh, F E T L I F E. okay. Yeah. And you, you can see my penis there somewhere too. So if you're, see, I can't,
1: I can't do that. Like someone asked, that was another thing that has been brought up with in a collection of friends is uh sending nudie photos and and again i I always say this like no one can see me but i'm actually i guess if you look at my uh my thumbnail on the podcast you can see that i have like sleeves and shit but like i'm heavily tattooed and i have tattoos on my waist and like below like on my thighs and shit so it's like
2: i know i have pictures of my face too like i don't fucking care yeah no there's
1: there's no there's no refuting that it's me and it's like i already make the joke that like I, under, I've always undersold my my dick size, so that way when someone sees it, they're like, "Wow, I was pleasantly surprised." Like I thought it was gonna be worse. That's what that. I do too. So the joke is, but the flip side of that is, I don't want anyone to fucking see it, and <laughs> because like the flip side of that is, like someone can be like, "That's that's you," and that's you, like. And your shitty dick or like here's you fucking some girl and and you're like not very good and I'd be like no that's not me and they're like oh so someone else has like that tattoo right there and I'd be like uh uh, sure
2: (laughs) this is pretty crazy but I did this I uh I made a status on Facebook one time I go who wants to see my dick and just like the status and I sent it to every single person who liked it even the dudes like I just do not give a fuck now I have some uh, gay fans
1: there you go (laughs) <laughs> i guess that's as good a place you, to, should,
2: you should stop being so cock shy though let it
1: <sighs> dude it is not impressive maybe when i tattoo my dick i'll uh i'll but, do no, it
2: you just said that you undersell it so if you're underselling it right now
1: no he, so here's the thing here's the joke i've always had but i legitimately want to do this i always wanted to say since I, I mean uh where's my camera so i have mustache on my finger but it makes a mustache right. and i've never seen this sadly i wish people were this smart or stupid whatever but i have a lot of stupid tattoos cuz i think they're funny but right. something i always wanted to do was get a tattoo on my dick that says i'm sorry because it's basically a non-verbal agreement that you know it's going to be terrible like i'm no good <laughs> so you you see it so you know it's going to be terrible but the the joke always was is i don't have my dick's not big enough to put i'm sorry so i just wanted to get tattooed i s r y because that's all the letters <laughs> i could fit <laughs> And uh I still haven't done that but I I want to cuz I think it's funny and I'm going to be
2: sad when even that won't fit on there. <laughs> I'm going to put uh one of my favorite bands is uh Biffy Clyro. Who the fuck uh, is Biffy Clyro? They're from the UK no, or something. They're, they're pretty legit though. I like them. They have a, a quote that says I can um I can only make you see the moon you can touch it but it's up to you. I want to put that above my ass crack. <laughs> I probably will too for the donkey show to be honest. I plan to get some ridiculous shit. I guess that's
1: that's as good of a place as any to, to end the podcast. No one wants to tattoo anyone's penis. Just just rest assured. And if you do, then they're gonna charge you an arm and a leg. And it is what it is. So uh if you are interested in following Meatloaf, then, I'm, go ahead.
2: Right. <laughs> <This
1: is nice. laughs> Uh, if you're interested in following Jordan and or Meatloaf and or any of the other personality names that he's got, Traveling Donkey Show, uh, you can follow him based on the, the links he provided and I'll put them in the show notes and tag him on the, the Facebook and Instagram and all that shit too. Uh, anything else before we, we end this?
2: No, I think that's it for this
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I, I dragged it down after talking about Bukaki. <laughs>
2: He's... No dude is is it's straight. Like uh I enjoy it. <laughs> no, I don't enjoy bucaki, right? <laughs>
1: right. So thanks for your yeah. time.
2: Yeah, dude. That was fun.
1: So that was my chat with Jordan King. There was a lot of shit there at the very end of that podcast. Um, probably a lot of uh, oversharing there. Uh, a place that I don't overshare, though, is on my social network sites. Uh, so if you want to follow me on Facebook or Instagram at John's Untitled Podcast, uh, tweet me at John's Untitled Pod, or email me at John's at gmail.com. Would love to uh, interact with you. Maybe you know something about some crazy fetish, the backstory as to why it is a thing, uh, or any of the shit that Jordan and I were talking about at the end. Maybe you have a funny uh, tattoo idea as well. Send them my way. I want to hear them. Uh, Jordan's uh, Facebook, you can find him on Facebook uh, at uh, pretty much just find him at Jordan King or, or Meatloaf on the Radio. Uh, if you find him on Instagram, it's at uh, Traveling Donkey Show. Uh, all one word. And I always end an episode with uh, a song, and I didn't even know what to play to end this episode, especially with how off the rails that uh, that last 10-15 minutes or so went. So I thought to play this John LaJoy song of Show Me Your Genitals because it's funny, and I totally feel is indicative of the vibe of, of Jordan and just how that conversation went. So without further ado, this is John LaJoy. Talk to you guys next week.
0: Women are stupid and I don't respect them That's right, I just have sex with them Show me your genitals, your genitals What? Show me your genitals Genitalia Show me your genitals, your genitals What? Show me your genitals genitalia You're talking to me about stuff Why? I'd rather see your titties Now you're talking about other stuff Why? I'd much rather see your titties I can't have sex with your personality And I can't put my penis in your college degree And I can't shove my fist in your childhood dreams So why are you sharing all this information with me? It's not sexist cause I'm saying it in a song That's right bitch, now take off your thong And show me your genitals Your genitals What? Show me your genitals Your genitalia Show me your genitals Your genitals What? Show me your genitals Your genitalia Knock knock who's there, it's me, wondering why you're not naked. Knock knock who's there, me again, still wondering why you're not naked. I wanna see your bum, I don't care what you say, no I don't have feelings cause feelings are gay. Something, something in the month of May, bitches love my penis cause it's really big. Girls brains are much stupider than men's are, so they should always listen to us cause we're smart. Women are only good for three things Cooking, cleaning, and vaginas Show me your genitals Your genitals Show me your genitals Show me your genitals Your genitals Show me your genitals I can give good sex to you Cause I'm really good at sex I can give good sex to you Cause I'm really good at sex Aw yeah, that's right, shake your bums. I'm out of here, I gotta go have sex with a lot of girls.